Um, my goodness, let's, let's get into this today. Uh, the world is on fire, again, again, and newsflash is always going to be on fire until Jesus comes back to set things right. There's always going to be problems until we are all ruling and reigning with Christ and he is uh, leading us on in eternity. We live in a fallen world and Jesus told the truth when he said in this world you will have trouble. Uh, and he also told the truth when he said that take heart, I have overcome this world. So we stand on that. So as you see the stories and you see Russia invading Ukraine and you see... Uh, financial instability in the world and the prices at the gas pump continuing to go up. My Lord, I wish my bank account would go up like the gas prices are going up. As you see all this happening, don't let it rock you. Okay? Don't let it rock you. It's going to rock this world, but don't let it rock you. Okay? God is still on his throne. That doesn't mean that we don't operate with wisdom and we don't pay attention to what's happening in the world today. But we need to keep perspective on this whole thing, ladies and gentlemen. We need to keep perspective on this whole thing. Uh, Jesus is coming back very soon. Very soon. Now, I'm not saying what's happening is the, the war of Gog and Magog that's talked about in, in the Bible. Personally, I do not think that that is that. One, because you've seen Russia having a whole lot of trouble with this invasion. Uh, Ukraine is not laying down. They're saying, you want our house? Come take our house. We're not going to give it up very easily. Um, that is not uh, what's described in Revelation and in Ezekiel. Um, that force coming from Russia listed there is an unstoppable wave that, that goes down until the brakes are put on it. So what you're seeing is not that. Don't let people uh, deceive you. Do you think this has anything to do with end-time prophecy, Pastor Josh? Oh, yeah, Absolutely. Um, I think is breezing the skids and setting the world stage up for what we know will happen in end-time prophecy. But rather than focus on all of that and speculate all of, all of that, because we can't control any of it. I mean, I mean, raise your hand if you got a, a phone number that you can call to talk to, you know, Putin and Russia and say, "Hey, guys, you know, none of us have control over that. None of us have a direct line to the White House." Um, none of us have the ability to just hold up our hand and stop what's happening in the world. But what we do have the ability to do is tell everyone we know about the Jesus that we serve to make sure that they don't miss out on what's really important. This world is going to pass away. All the stuff that's dominating the headlines right now will not be dominating the headlines in a few years. And it definitely won't be dominating the headlines in a thousand years, and it won't be dominating the headlines in eternity. You know what will be dominating the headlines in? Jesus Christ, the Son of God, lifted up and exalted. That's all that's going to matter. So if you're here today and you've got a little bit of uneasiness on you because of what's happening in the world, let me encourage you to take a deep breath. Okay? God's got this. He did not wake up and go, oh, my Lord, Russia invaded the Ukraine. Oh, my gosh, Gabriel, what are we going to do about this? Okay? He did not freak out. Um, he did not freak out. So we do what we're, we have control over, and we trust God with the rest of it. Amen? So that's what you do. Um, we're going to go ahead and dive into this message today. I just felt it appropriate to come into this out of worship. Is my... My uh, mic level okay in the house right now? Not too loud. It's good for you. All right. Uh, the book of 1 Samuel, 
chapter 14. I understand now why the Lord laid this on my heart because I was like, God, this doesn't really fit with anything that we are going to be talking about today as it pertains to what's going on in the church. Did everyone get one of these pages, by the way? If you did not get one of these, hold up your hand and we'll let the, the ushers, we got one right here. We'll make sure everyone gets one of these. Don't these look sharp, by the way? Um, our team did a really good job on this. Um, we'll talk through this in a second, should the Lord allow. But I was like, God, this, what you've given me on the first part of this doesn't really connect with the rest of it. And he goes, yeah, but I've got a pretty good idea of what I want you to preach, so why don't you go ahead and do that? And I said, yes, sir. So I'm paraphrasing, of course. Um, <laughs> so this will be week three of our series called All In. I'll tell you what. I don't know about you. Well, I could almost speak for the ones of us in here that have said, you know what, I'm going all in for God. I'm going all in with my walk with Jesus. I'm going all in on who he's called me to be. I can almost speak for you, I'm sure, in saying it. If you're feeling half of what I'm feeling, I feel like I've just gotten saved all over again. Uh, my passion and my excitement to serve God is like, it's dialed, forget 11, it's on like 99 right now. Um, and uh, I just, I just, I'm so excited about what he's doing in me, speaking to me, and what he's doing in so many people in the church. I just love it. I'm getting text messages all week long, and God, God did this. I got a raise here, and I got uh, a tip and a bonus with this, and I'm getting a new job here, and this situation I've been praying for, there's finally some resolution with it, and um, even th these joints that are, that are achy haven't been as achy here lately, and I'm able to do it. It's just cool to hear what God is doing. In, in the house. First Samuel 14, verse 1. I'm going to skip through this a little bit, CJ, um, so don't let me lose you. I'll let you know when I'm skipping ahead. One day Jonathan, son of Saul, said to his young armor-bearer, come, let's go over to the Philistine outpost on the other side, but he didn't tell his father. Now, what's happening here in, in history... Um, is, is a dark period in Israel. Um, they, <laughs> they've lost most of their blacksmiths. In fact, the Philistines control all of them. And the Bible actually says in the, the, the chapter before this that Israel did not have any weapons. They didn't have swords. They didn't have spears. In fact, the only people in the entire military that had a weapon was Saul and Jonathan. So Israel's found itself in a place where it was ill-equipped and unprepared to defend itself and do what God was asking it to do. And Jonathan says, well, I'm getting kind of antsy here. I'm tired of waiting around. Let's go pick on some Philistines. He didn't tell his father. Saul was staying on the outskirts of Gibeah under the pomegranate tree in Migrant. In case you were wondering where he was, he was under the pomegranate tree. So... Um, right by the, where the Johnson barn used to be in Israel. So <laughs> with him were about 600 men, among whom was Ahijah, who was wearing an ephod. Now that's important. We're going to come back to that. He was the son of Ichabod's brother, Ahitub, and son of Phinehas, son of Eli, the Lord's priest in Shiloh. No one was aware that Jonathan had left. Each, now we're going to skip down here, CJ, from... Verse 4 down to verse 6. 
So no one's aware that Jonathan has snuck out of the camp because he's sneaky like a ninja, apparently. Verse 6, Jonathan said to his young armor-bearer, Come, let's go over to the outpost of those uncircumcised men. Perhaps the Lord will act on our behalf. Everyone say, perhaps. Perhaps the Lord will act on our behalf. Nothing can hinder the Lord from saving, whether by many or by few. His armor-bearer says, do all that you have in mind. Go ahead. I'm with you, heart and soul. Now think about this. The armor-bearer says, let's go, Jonathan. Jonathan had a sword. Guess who didn't have one? The armor-bearer did not have a sword. There were only two swords in the entire kingdom. Saul and Jonathan had them. This armor-bearer was jacked up and ready to do something. The only way he was going to get a sword is if it was fallen on the ground from somebody that Jonathan had taken out. So he goes, let's go, let's go. You going, let's go, let's go. Let's. Everybody needs a friend in their life that's like this. You know what I mean? You want to go, let's go. Road trip, let's go. You know, you going shopping, let's go. Go to the game, yeah, let's go. Man, let's go get it done. Now, you see two Polar opposite approaches here. You have Jonathan and you have Saul. Saul is with this group of 600 men. And he's with this guy who is pretty much a priest who's wearing an ephod. Now, the only time you wear an ephod or an ephod, depending on how you, you pronounce it, um, is then it would have been when you were praying and consulting the Lord or during an act of worship, okay? So basically what was happening here was Saul and these 600 men were having church. They were having a prayer service. They were, they were churching it up, doing the religious thing. And Jonathan says, um, you guys can pray and you guys can have church all you want to. I'm going to go do something. Two completely different lines of thought. And Jonathan's thought was nothing can hinder the Lord from saving, whether by many or by few. He says this word perhaps, and it's kind of a dangerous word. Perhaps. Perhaps kind of a precursor to stepping out into an unknown. We don't know how this is going to end, but perhaps it'll work out for the good. Perhaps the Lord will work in our favor. But I can't stand around any longer playing church like these people are. I'm going to get busy doing something. And I got to tell you guys, when you look at the world in the shape that it's in right now, when you look at our county in the shape that it's in right now, when you look at the violence, when you look at the drug abuse, when you look at the teen suicide rate, when you look at the marriage fail rate in our area right now, when you see how many people are broken and looking for answers, when you see how many homes have been devastated financially over the last 18 months, I'm here to tell you that it is time for the church to stop playing church and to be the church. It's time for us to take action. Prayer is powerful, 
but prayer can become a comfort zone. There's a reason why Jesus told us to go into the world and not just stay in this building and pray. So I love what Jonathan is doing here because it's risky, because it's dangerous. And Jonathan is doing what he's doing because he knows the God that he serves. See, these people over here were seeking God because they were in a situation that drove them to seek God. But Jonathan was moved to action because he already was abiding in a relationship with God. Two completely different perspectives and approaches here. I love the word perhaps. I love the word perhaps. I love that the people of our church were perhaps kind of people. Everybody say perhaps. I love that we're perhaps kind of people. That we're crazy enough to trust God to do what he said he would do. That we're crazy enough to step out into the unknown, even taking risks and trusting that God is always going to be there. Because you see, when you're stepping out and following God, what you perceive as being a risk really isn't a risk because he's already at the other side with a solution of what you're stepping into. You just can't see on the other side of the mountain, but he's there. He's there every time. He's always interested in us growing a little bit in our trust in him. So he uses these situations to prove himself faithful time and time again. I love that our church is a perhaps kind of church. I love that when we were on Fairburn Road, renting the little storefront, that we had enough guts to say, perhaps we should start looking for another facility. Maybe the Lord will give us favor, and we'll find a place. Guess what? He did. Do you realize today is the day of our annual business meeting? Do you realize that three years ago today, three years ago today, we were voting on whether or not to move forward with the purchase of the building that we're sitting in right now? Praise God for his faithfulness. For his faithfulness. We didn't have down payments. We didn't have the money. We didn't have the money for the renovations. We didn't have anything. You know what we had? We had perhaps. We feel like the Lord is leading us to do this. We don't see any way for it to happen. In fact, we had people say, Pastor, are you sure about this? I'm pretty sure about this. I think it made me go pray some more, you know, because on paper, this is not what we need to be doing. I know, but... We can't get away from what we feel like God's speaking to us. I felt it. The board felt it. The staff felt it. We knew that this was a move, and we took a step. And you know what? As soon as we took the step, the money was there. The favor was there. The down payment was there. All the funds and supplies for renovations were there. The, the manpower just showed up to make this happen. Businesses started donating supplies out of nowhere. God made it happen because we said perhaps. We said perhaps. I love that. I love that. We're, we're a church that says perhaps. And, when, and, and we didn't, we, we got hit by COVID. <laughs> you realize that? We're like, yes, we're in the building. And a few months later, we were like, oh no, we got to close the building because <laughs> of COVID. What are we going to do? We got rocked financially. You got rocked in your life. A lot of y'all lost jobs. And we were like, what? God, you're going to have to do something. But we felt the Lord moving again for us to take a huge step of faith even in that season and on paper we shouldn't have done it 
on paper we shouldn't have been able to do it. But we took a step of faith and we got busy doing ministry on a whole other level with money that we didn't have and we watched God provide again, again, and again. And listen, because we said perhaps in an unstable season where 6,000 churches a month were closing and ministries were circling the wagons trying to figure out how to stay afloat, we said we're going to capitalize on this need and opportunity and make Jesus famous in our community. And because we said perhaps for two years in a row, we've had back-to-back record-setting ministry years in this church. Praise God for that. Because we said perhaps. Because we said perhaps. I mean, think about it. Guys, look at this sheet that, that we gave you. Flip over and look at um, the year or the page that looks like this. It says 2021 highlights. We covered all of this last week, so I'm not going to spend a ton of time on it, but look at this. Uh, last year, 128 decisions for Jesus. It's crazy. Our media ministries, our podcast, and our live stream was watched or listened to 18,782 times. That is insane when you think about it. We help provide food and shelter for 86 families over last year. Just I'm looking at this decisions for Jesus, decisions for Jesus. We gave rise to single moms. All this stuff that we did, the outreaches that God allowed us to do that we didn't have money to do, but God provided Time after time last year, listen, last year, last year, we watched God give us the most productive year of ministry our church has had in almost 15 years of ministry. That is amazing. It's amazing when you think about it. Why? Because we say perhaps. We step out. This year's all been about taking next steps and our walk with God and what he's called us to do and taking next steps as a church. And I'm wondering if as a church, we are at a place where we're ready to say perhaps again and take another step and build on what God has allowed us to do last year as we step forward into this year. How many of you would say, I would step out and say perhaps this year? Some of you are like, yeah, I'd like to say that, Pastor Josh, but I want to hear what you have to say first. And see, it's kind of backwards. Because we always want evidence and plan and strategy. When God is saying, sometimes you need to step out and trust me. Now, we got plan, we got strategy, we got evidence, because we've been praying and seeking God through the whole 21 days of prayer and fasting here as a church. We don't do that just to do that. We do that to hear from God to let him set the agenda for what we believe he's telling us to do as a church. Amen? And, and I love this because for the last 18 months, we have been recovering from that initial hit from COVID financially and with the ministries, and we've been relaunching ministries and reopening things and using the facility a lot more. There's just not a day of the week where something's not going on here And that's a whole lot better than what it was six months ago when it was just Sunday morning and a couple of practices. So we've seen God give our church almost a restart and a jump start as we're opening and reopening all these areas of ministry. That translates into people being ministered to. And that's what's important. What's important. And so what we want to do this year is continue that and continue to take ground 
and not become comfortable with what we've seen God do in our lives so far. Amen? I don't know about you, but I don't want to be comfortable. I want to reach more people. I want to take new ground. I want to allow God to use us, to use me, to use this facility, all of our resources to reach as many people as we possibly can. Because like I said earlier, if you look around, we don't have that much time, ladies and gents. Even if we live out a full life, every one of us in this room, you realize that's still not a lot of time to tell people about Jesus. Because they're going to spend eternity, eternity now, no end. Once you're there, you're there. They're going to spend eternity somewhere. And it's our job to let them know that they have an opportunity to spend it with Jesus. That's what it's all about. So what I want to do is is walk you through what the, the staff and the board and I feel like are the next steps for us as a church going into this new year. I know we're a couple of months into it, and we've already started some of this stuff, um, laying the groundwork for it. So um, I'm excited about this. These are conversations we've been having for months here, and this is a conversation we had with the leaders and volunteers a few weeks ago. Uh, This is a conversation I want to have with you today, and you guys watching online or listening to this later. um, Lend me your ears and open your spirits and let God speak to you concerning some of these things. I'm excited about this. What we want to do is take everything from last year that we did and keep it going and add to it all of these things. So the most productive year of ministry we've had in the last 15 years or so in this church, now we want to take these next steps and add to it and take new ground. Are you ready for this? If you're ready, say, Pastor, Pastor. I'm ready. Look at the person next to you and say, hey, you don't look like you're ready. You need to get ready. You need to get ready. You get ready for this. So let's start talking. I'm, some of these I'm going to spend more time on than others, okay? Um, and, and listen, if you're here today and you're like, well, great. Now we're talking about all this junk again the church is going to be doing. Well, whoop de doo What does that got to do with me showing up here on? Well, tell you what, uh, hopefully the goal is to get you to stop just showing up here on Sunday and get further involved with what God is doing in this place and impact some people on a different level and, uh, and step into what God is calling you to do. I believe those are steps we all should take as we're growing closer to God. There's a place of ministry for you. If Eastgate Church is your home church, there is a place of ministry for you here in this church. Okay? Um, so let's, let's get into this stuff. Um, let's talk about men's ministry. Talk about men's ministry. Now, before I talk about men's ministry, let's talk about women of valor. See? Now, I'll show you a difference here. I said women of valor... And the ladies went crazy. I promise that was not coached or set up. The ladies are ready. I, I love what Women of Valor has done for the ladies in our church. Oh, my goodness gracious. Um, man, to see what's happening in, in their lives because our women are growing closer to God and it's making a difference in every area of their life. Women of Valor is probably one of the most impactful and successful discipleship efforts we've seen in our church in a long, 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 long time. And so what we want to do with all of these things that we're, we're starting this year is have a discipleship approach to it. What does discipleship mean? That's helping people grow in their walk with God. Okay. 
So that's what we want to do. We want to help people grow in their walk with God, and that's what Women of Valor has done. We want to see that happen with the men in the church. There we go, guys. There we go, guys. Here's why. Listen, ladies, I love what God is doing in your lives. I think it's awesome. Okay, but here's what I know. Here's what I know. As the men of the church go, so goes the church. Okay, men, we need you. We need you. We need you to step up. We need you to stand up tall, lift your hands in worship, set the example for your family, be here to serve and volunteer and lead the way in the church. Don't take a back seat and let the ladies steal the show. Let the men show up in force and lead like the men of God that God has called us to be. Amen? That's what we need. So here's some stuff. Like saying that's one thing, but we're all about discipleship and helping people get to the next step and and where God's leading them. And I get it. Look. What I just said was, could have been Greek to you. Like, that was great. Oh, I, just, I did good just to get here, Pastor Josh. You're talking about doing all that? That's cool. Don't worry about it. Uh, what I just said may have scared you to death. What I just said about you as a man stepping up may have frustrated you because you've heard guys like me say that for years and years and years. And your big question is, awesome. How the heck am I supposed to do that? Because nobody taught you. Maybe you didn't have a dad to set the example for you. Maybe you didn't have a pastor in the past to set an example for you and help walk you through that. Well, I'm here to tell you, can't help the past, but we can fix today. Amen? And you sure enough have got a pastor that will pour his sweat and blood into seeing you grow into the man that God has called you to be. And not just me, but you've got a team of just on-fire men ready to help you step into that. And so we're going to do that with a lot of different things. One, the men's breakfast um, coming up. In March, that's going to be a big one. Men, I encourage you to be there. It's going to be more than just eating food. We're going to talk about Jesus, and I'm going to challenge you with a good devotional. And we're going to dig into what authentic manhood looks like in the Bible. Look, not some limp-wristed, sissy boy gospel. We're going to talk about authentic manhood. Look, Jesus was a man's man. Okay, When he went buck wild in that temple and started flipping over tables and beating people with a whip... Okay, those tables weighed upwards of 800 pounds apiece. Jesus was a man's man. Okay, you could be a man's man and serve Jesus. Okay, uh, another thing we're going to do um, later in, in the spring, probably the, the end of April, uh, we want to have a men's camping trip. So if you like to camp, you like to get outside, watch for that. We're going to get away and uh, get by a lake, do some fishing, do some cooking over the, a fire, and we're going to have some fun with that. Um, Another thing we're going to do towards the end of the year, look for a men's retreat. We're going to do a men's retreat towards the end of this coming year, okay? And in between all of that, we're going to have men's hangout nights. And listen, we want want to make sure that the men of this church have adequate ministry to help you grow into the person that God has called you to be. And so we're going to make that happen. Does that sound pretty good? So men's ministry... Men's ministry is huge. Here's another thing we want to do this year. So we're just going to go through some of this stuff. I'm painting big picture, um, big picture focus for the year. Uh, speaking of focus, we want to increase our outreach focus this year. We want to increase our outreach focus this year. So all the outreaches that you saw Eastgate Church do last year, all the outreaches that are listed on this page right here from 2021, we want to build on that and increase it. And by the way, you can flip over to the 2022 highlights and you can cheat a little bit and look ahead on some of the stuff that we're going to be doing. Um, 
but we want to build on it. So everything we did last year, plus, plus, we want to uh, launch some, some small serve-oriented outreaches into the community. Every time I drive by a four-way stop and I see the Shriners out there with their buckets trying to take money, I think we could kick these Shriners off this corner and take over this corner for Eastgate Church and start giving away bags full of water and cookies and invite cards to the people in our community just because we want to serve them and love them. Wouldn't that be awesome? Nothing wrong with Shriners. Uh, more power to them. But we're going to take over some, some four-way stops around here and, and do that. We're going to cut grass for the people in the neighborhoods around here and help them with projects. We're just going to serve and love on our community. Okay? That's being the hands and feet of Jesus. That's what we're going to do. Um, and a big part of how we're going to do that, I think, is going to be through the men's ministry. Um, we'll do things apart from it. But one thing I want to see launched from the men's ministry this year is a ministry that, first of all, helps to take care of the single moms and widows of this church. Okay? Because we've got skill sets, and we can help with repairs, and, and we can help cut grass when you might not be able to. You know, the, why can't the men of the church help save some of the ladies in the church some money bringing in contractors that may not be able to be trustworthy when we can come in there and, and do some stuff to help serve the ladies in our church. And I think not only is that a great ministry, but it's biblical also to see that happen. And so out of the men's ministry, I think that would be a great ministry to see birth. But that can grow, though, into people in the community. Because how many of you know somebody that needs something done around the house, but they can't do it? Yeah. Amen. Disabled vets or disabled uh, neighbors, you know, people that can't get it done. Um, you might know some single moms not connected to the church that we can go out and serve. And so this is going to become a huge outreach ministry as we launch it and move forward into this this year. So really looking forward to that. Listen, every year something amazing happens. Kids go back to school. Can I get an amen from the moms and dads that say every year I'm glad my kid goes back to school? So they go back in there, but we, f we found that in, in our community that there are a lot of families that, that need help. School supplies are very expensive, can be expensive. So we thought we've done a back-to-school outreach in the past, and we've seen it be very successful. Why don't we bring that back? And this year, we have a back-to-school outreach from this church where we provide book bags and school supplies for the kids going back to school in our community. Yeah? And how about we go a step further with it and we network with um, local um, hairstylists and barber shops and we provide free haircuts for these kids when they go back to school. Okay? Wouldn't well, that sound awesome? So, so we get out there and, and we're giving away the supplies and, and cutting the hair and loving on the family. What if we get some bounce houses and some fun stuff for the kids to do? And what if we cook up some hot dogs or hamburgers and just give them away for free? so that we can get those families at a table eating food so we can sit down with them and pray with them and talk to them and invite them to church and tell them about Jesus. You see where I'm going with all this? What if we did all that? And what if, now this is a big one. Okay, this is not 100% yet, but I'll tell you. Okay, this will be our secret. All right, you guys watching, this will be our secret. All right, we are working right now with um, the radio station 104.5 my city, which we've got a great relationship with. God's still doing some great stuff with that. Um, we're working with them right now and their network and their connections to see if, and 
in addition to the, the food and the book bags and the supplies and the haircuts to see if we can land a corporate sponsorship to be able to give every child a free pair of shoes when they go into the new school year. How awesome would that be? Now, that's not a done deal yet. We're still working on it, so that may not happen, but we're swinging for the fence. I believe if you're going to do something to serve the community, do, I mean, go for it. You know, represent Jesus well. So that's what we're, we're trying to make happen. Another cool thing this year that we're going to start uh, is we, we've come across a great partnership with Sweetwater Mission. When I say Sweetwater Mission, how many of you know what I'm talking about? Sweetwater Mission is a great outreach that's been um, in operation for over 30 years in Douglas County. And they uh, help provide food and supplies to people in need. They serve about 160 people a day, give them enough groceries for the week, okay? And uh, they, they've got great networks, great, great connections. Well, we're, we're starting a, a partnership with them. So they are going to bring their food trucks to Eastgate Church yeah. once a month. Once a month, Eastgate Church is going to feed between 150 to 200 families a month. How about that? Out of Eastgate Church. So they bring their truck. They have the supply. So we go and we help prep the food, load the truck. Then they bring the truck over here the next day. We'll unload it and get everything set up. We will have advertised in the community, and people will pull up in, onto the campus we're going to give them some groceries, maybe uh, say a quick prayer over them, and we're going to be the hands and feet of Jesus. We're going to start feeding upwards of 200 families a month and just see where it goes after that. How does that sound? How does that sound? It would be awesome. And as this world gets crazier and, and people find themselves needing more help, um, you'll see that promote the gospel pretty well. I think. And so that's, that's what we want to do. So in addition to all the outreach stuff that we've got going on, we want to see those things happen. Another thing we want to see happen is expanding our community partnerships here at the church. There are great ministries in this town. They do amazing things. Um, the Pregnancy Resource Center, oh my goodness, they do phenomenal work. You know, we celebrated last year, and it's, it's on your, your, your uh, vision page that you got there. Uh, they were able to come in and talk, I think it was 800 at-risk babies and moms into choosing life for their child last year. That is awesome. That is awesome. Okay, that's a huge ministry to the community, and we partner with them. So they led 46 people, I believe, to the Lord last year, and we've got a part in that. We want to go another level with that this year and um, go further with our financial support of that ministry. Okay, because they have needs just like we have needs. Shame on us if all we're concerned about as a church is us. You know what I mean? There are other ministries around here we can partner with and help out, and they're doing a great work, and we can do that. Another way we're going to do it is we're going to host their big uh, fundraiser banquet this year. So the end of March, we're going to open up our facility, let them come in here, and we're going to help them raise money to support their ministry. So, And by the way, you're all invited. You're all invited. So you guys watching, you're all invited. Uh, talk to uh, Kathy Pate, absolutely, relation there. She's my mama, so I love her. But uh, So talk to her, 
and, uh, and, and see if you can get on the list to be a part of that. Head counts help when it comes to that so we know how much food and how many tables to set up. So we're going to do that. We're going to go another step in partnering with the Nickel Center this year financially. Uh, we're going to um, open up our facility for them to be able to do workshops. So we're going to have suicide awareness workshops here. We're going to have recovery and intervention workshops here at Eastgate Church. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome to see what God's going to do this year. And because we're opening up our facility for a lot of these partnerships, um, we're going to continue the facility updates and improvements that we started. Y'all seen the foyer lately? Doesn't that look awesome out there? I love that. Hey, that's part of our efforts from last fall to kind of dress this place up a little bit so it doesn't look so vanilla when you walk in. This house is a ministry tool. And we believe that it should look well and be well represented. And, um, and so we want to continue to improve um, in different areas. We want to continue. We want to purchase a, um, a lighting system and equipment for our next-gen ministries. We want to um, make sure that we're making those rooms look sharp for them. And when you walk around this building, there's stuff that speaks of the vision and the heart of our church. So that if you never hear a message from Eastgate Church, you see the message of Eastgate Church when you walk through this facility. That's what we want. Um, and so we're going to continue with that. Now, this is a big one. I'm going fast just for the sake of time here because... The Holy Spirit took up a lot of my preaching time today, and I'm okay with that. I'm absolutely okay with that. Um, we do a lot of work with home missions here as a church, and if you'll look on this uh, celebration page that we've got, you'll see, let me flip over here and see where is it that we gave, uh, $14,397 to home missions and outreach last year. That's awesome especially when you consider the money that we didn't have come in last year. You know what I mean? So, so we, we're a church that believes in home missions, but we believe that God's calling us to, to lift our eyes a little bit and begin to look at foreign missions as a church. And so this year we're going to step into foreign missions and we're going to sponsor one missionary, okay, one missionary group. And this is a group that is in Guatemala. These are phenomenal people. And what they do... Um, they, they do several things, but what they do, um, they go into the dumps in Guatemala City where um, probably half of the children's population of that area live. Okay, not go to, live. Live in the dump in little huts made out of trash. They scavenge through the dump for their food. They scavenge through the dump for uh, recyclable stuff they can take and uh, get a little bit of money for it. And I've got some pictures of the area that I want to show you. Um, so these children, they literally, they live in trash. They get their food from trash. Let me go ahead and show the other one. And these people go into this dump, and they bring food and supplies, and they minister to the kids where they are in the dump. They minister to the family where they are in the dumps. And uh, they don't all live in the dump. Some of them live in glorious, beautiful homes like this that I'm fixing to show you. Just shacks thrown together. While Guatemala City is a huge hub, there's a lot of poverty in the area. So this missionary group, they go there and uh, they meet them in their homes. They meet them in the dump, feed them, give them supplies, tell them about Jesus. But what I like about this group 
is that they don't just leave these people where they are. Okay? They have started a school to help further the education of these children so that they're not doomed to poverty for the rest of their lives. They've got a school that helps adults that have not had uh, the opportunity to educate themselves or be educated. They have a school that's there to give them the equivalent of what we would call a GED, they have at least a basic education to give them some trade skills so that they can go out and earn a living for themselves and for their families to get them out of shacks like that and to get the kids out of the dumps. Because to feed somebody is great. You know the old saying, you give a man a fish and you fed him, but if you teach a man to fish, now you fed him for the rest of his life. So he can do that, and that's what, we want. That's what they're doing. They're teaching them how to fish, as it were. They are also, I love this, they are, they are getting investors and partnerships with churches like us to start micro-businesses in the area. A lot of it's coffee shops, which, by the way, we're going to get access to some of the best coffee you've ever had in your life uh, because of this. Oh, my gosh, fresh Guatemalan. I mean, like, fresh out of the field. The cherries have just dried up, beans, roasted, and Hallelujah. So anyway, um, so, <laughs> so, uh, so that's a perk, but they, they have coffee shops in the area to put people to work, micro-businesses to put people to work, so we're not just giving them supplies, we're giving them jobs, and we're training them to run those businesses. See what I'm saying? And turning them loose. So instead of putting a Band-Aid on, a, on an issue, we're creating solutions to the problem in the area, and 100% of everything that we give to support what these people are doing goes immediately into the ministry because they all have really cool jobs that allow them to do remote work and still be on the missions field. So they work full-time and missions work full-time so that all the money can go to the work of reaching people for Jesus. So what do you guys think? You think that would be a great missions focus and partnership for us this year? Yeah? Okay. So we're definitely going to do that this year. Um, another thing we want to do is increase uh, discipleship in this church. It's a huge focus, increasing discipleship, and we want to focus on four major areas, worship, um, evangelism, discipleship, and generosity, because all of those are key to the development of a person's walk with God. Um, but we also want to start some training classes you know, for people, especially that give their heart to Jesus and need to know what those first steps are in their walk in relationship with God. So we got real creative, and we thought, hey, we'll call this thing First Steps. <laughs> so <laughs> so, so that's, that's how we roll around here, man. We got the creativity just rolling big time. So we're calling it First Steps, and so we're going to come alongside these people and just answer the common questions that you have. Here's the big thing. We don't want the classes here to be classroom settings. We don't want the discipleship in this church to be like lecture driven. You've got one person just spitting out information and hopefully people are taking notes. No, our approach is we want it to have a living room feel to it. Like you're just sitting in a room with a bunch of friends having a casual conversation, doing life together because that's what discipleship is. Okay. We don't want a classroom vibe. We want you to know that at Eastgate, no one walks alone, and we're going to have personal conversations about how we can grow 
in our walk with Jesus. And that's how it's going to be set up. And answer common question, who is Jesus? What is the Bible? Why do these crazy people called Christians believe that the Bible is actually the Bible? Could you answer that question? We want to make sure that they do. Uh, because sooner or later, somebody's going to question what God's doing in their life, and we want to make sure they've got an answer for it. So we're going to come alongside them and do that. I'm excited to say, I'm going to embarrass her, but Emily Rasko has said she wants to be a part of that, and she's going to be teaching that class and walking these people through it. So if, uh, hey, if, if you connect with that and you want to be involved in helping people take those first steps, talk to Emily, and we'll get you involved in that because she is not enough on her own. She's awesome, but she needs help in making that happen. So get with her, and uh, you'll have the awesome opportunity to help people grow in their walk with Jesus. That's amazing, isn't it? So another thing we want to do is start this thing called Growth Track this year, again, focusing on discipleship. So when these people get their feet under them and they've taken their first steps, we want to make sure that we have a place for them to go to continue to grow in their walk with God and discover their spiritual gifts and to discover a little bit of the calling that God's put on their life and to hopefully find a place that they can then get involved in the ministry. And because, listen, if you get somebody involved in ministry, the consistency of their walk with God goes through the roof. So when people fall down and die in the sound booth back there, like you just heard, we have someone that can step in and carry that ministry. Um, along. See, you're a good pastor when you can just roll with what's happening in the room back there. Media team's trying to keep me honest. So, uh, so that's some fun stuff we want to do. Another thing we want to do is equip more leaders for leadership roundtables this year. I'm going to hit pause. Everybody take a deep breath. All right, let it go. All right, y'all ready for this? The last couple of things I got? All right. Leadership roundtable stuff. I think this is probably one of the ministries that's run under the radar in our, in our church this past uh, fall into this year. Um, Leadership Roundtable is our attempt to come alongside other churches, other young pastors, youth pastors, and ministers, and pour into them and train and equip them so that they can be better at doing what God has called them to do. And not just them, but uh, business owners also to come alongside them and help them with their leadership development so that their companies can take the next step. Um, hopefully we shift their mindset from employees or throwaway tools to know I'm running a business. I'm responsible for the people that I employ. It's my job as a business owner to set them up for success and give them every, see what I'm saying? When you have that mindset and you pour into your employees like that, you're not going to have a problem with performance in your business. Okay, you're probably going to have a problem keeping up with the growth and demand for your business. I don't know if you've noticed lately, but customer service seems to be a dirty word in the area. I don't know why. If you, if you want great business right now, just be nice to people and train your people to be courteous and give them some good customer service because there's a vacuum out there. You could sell dirt to somebody right now if you just do it with a smile on your face and tell, tell them to have a nice day. I'm just telling you. So what we want to do is go from uh, last year our reach was five churches 39 people in five different churches. Think about that. We're already investing in five different churches. Two separate businesses, okay? We want to see that go from five to 15 churches this year. 
And with the grace of God, we're going to hit that mark and begin investing. And when you invest in people that lead other people, you not only change their lives, but you impact the lives of the people that they lead. And that's what we want to do as a church. So what you think about that? Yeah? So um, if, you, if you're a leader and you want to grow, make sure that you're at the Leadership Roundtable. It's going to be awesome. Next Gen Ministries, if you're a regular here at Eastgate, I don't need to tell you, Next Gen Ministries is the heartbeat of our church. We believe in supporting the next generation because they're the future of the church. We believe that our children's ministry and our students' ministry should not lack in anything. If they need it, they should have it, okay? So we want to make sure they've got everything that they need this year. Again, um, lighting system stages, the outreaches they're going to do, camps coming up sooner than you think it is. I want every kid that wants to go to camp to be able to go to camp. I don't want money to be a hindrance in keeping those kids from having God rock their world this year. That's what we want to see happen. So uh, we're real excited about that. And I'll wrap it up like this and say we've got a big goal this year. We saw 128 decisions for Jesus last year, and we think that in doing all of this, we're going to see at least 200 people make decisions for Jesus this year. That's what we're believing for, and I believe God is going to exceed that personally. What do you think? How about that? Yeah. So I'm excited about all of that. I'm excited about all of that, and we think in order to make it happen, um, it's going to take all of us taking a step. Okay, it's going to take us, us taking a step. Um, we can't do all of this with the current level of involvement that we have in the church. We're going to need more people to get involved to help this out. Listen, um, I love that we're able to operate at the level that we are as a church, but we do it because, you, listen, you have got a staff that knows how to work. Man, they will knock it out of the park and, 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 and make this stuff happen. But your staff gets tired sometimes. Okay, we've got a great volunteer team at this church. I'm not, listen, we've got great volunteers at this church. We've got great involvement at this church. But what I'm saying is, if you're here and you're not involved yet, I want to encourage you um, to, to begin thinking and praying about taking a step and getting involved in an area of ministry in the church. Um, and helping us in some of these things that we've talked about because we can't stay like we are and operate like God's calling us to. There's got to be change there that happens. And so we've got to take that next step as a church. And everything we have is the Lord's, our time, our gifts, our talents, our resources, it all belongs to Him. So I want to encourage you to take that next step. And if you're not involved, get involved. You know, and if you're not giving, I want to encourage you to begin giving. You've seen what we've been able to do. You've seen what we've been able to do with the money that we don't have. Can you imagine what we will be able to accomplish as a church when we are operating from a position of financial power? Can you imagine? Oh, resource this group of people. God, bring in the provision for the vision that you're giving us. So, one of the things that we're doing, and we've been talking to all the different groups of leaders in the church, and last week I challenged you to take this card home, and there's a card in the seat in front of you. I want everyone to grab a 
card that looks like this. It's a commitment card. And now he is talking about money. I can't believe it. Yeah, we're going to talk about money because it takes money to reach people. And the Bible says a lot about resources and a lot about what we do with what we have. And the Bible says that where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Jesus said more about money than he did about faith and prayer combined. Why? Because he knew the number one competitor for that place in our heart that belongs to him was going to be our stuff. And us actually thinking that our stuff is our stuff and that it's not actually his. So what we want to do and all the steps that we're taking this year and, and the steps in getting involved and the steps in um, discipleship towards worship and telling people about Jesus and helping people grow in their faith with Jesus. We want to take steps also in our generosity this year. And what we've done is we've broken this down into smaller steps because if you've got any kind of church background, you've probably heard since you were a little kid that you've got to give your tithe to the Lord, you tithe to the Lord, you tithe to the Lord, and you should. Tithe is the word that means tenth. So you give 10% of the first fruits or the increase into you, to you uh, resource-wise back to the Lord. And he's able to do more with the 90% than you were able to do with the 100% because you're putting your trust in him. He says, if you give to him, he'll give it back to you. The Bible says, shaken down, pressed down. And the Bible actually says that the blessing will overflow. It's crazy. Crazy. Now, there's been a lot of bad teaching in the past about finances. We're not going to do that here at this church. And if you've been at this church for any amount of time, you know how we roll around here. I always tell you, look, if you don't trust me, then don't give here. You don't trust what's happening here, don't give here. Give somewhere else. It's not about the money. But it is about us taking a next step and trusting God with our finances. So what we ask you to do is this. We just take a next step this year in your giving and trust the Lord. Just take a next step in your generosity this year and trust the Lord. And what you do with your time and what you do with your gifts and what you do with your talent and what you do with your resources. There's room for growth in every walk of Christianity, except for this one. And so we thought, well, that's, that's a little much to not have room for people to take progressive steps in the area of finances when God gives us the leeway to do that in every other area in our relationship with Him. So what we're asking you to do is this. If you are what we would call a potential giver, you've been attending Eastgate Church, but you're not really giving or supporting what's happening here. Listen, I want to encourage you to begin to give, to begin to give and trust God with just a little bit of your resource. Why? Guys, we are making a ridiculous impact on people's lives with what we have. And if we're going to take this next step and reach more people, it's going to take all of us taking a step together. We think we can accomplish everything that we just talked about by increasing our budget just by 29% going into this year. This is what I know. If we all take a step, we'll easily meet that mark and see God do some amazing stuff. But here's what I also know. As we continue to take steps and we trust God with our finances, here's how it works. The Bible says that he gives seed to the sower and increases the harvest. What that means is as you give, he gives back. Okay, and he gives back in an increase. 
so that you can then sow back out of that increase so that he can bring more increase so that you can sow back out of that increase. You see what I'm saying? So what you become is a funnel for God to use to bless others and to further his kingdom because you understand I'm not keeping this stuff. I'm a steward over it. And the more you trust him, the more he gives, the more that you can give, the more that you can bless and be blessed. And it's a beautiful system because once God knows that he has your heart and the stuff doesn't have your heart, that's when the fun starts to happen. And I know I'm preaching to the choir for a lot of us in here. So if, if you haven't started giving, what we want you to do is to take a step and begin to give. Give a 10, give a 20, whatever. Just pick a set amount that you're comfortable with that fits in your budget. And trust God and let him give seed back to you. And see that increase. We've already got testimonies of people that have been doing this. And to their amazement, God has already begun to increase what they have. And it's amazing to see that happening. Well, the Bible says, you know, God said, test me in this. Test me in giving. And see if I won't pour out a blessing on you that you can't contain. Um, so we want you to begin to give, become what we call an emerging giver. Um, if you already kind of casually give to the church, we want you to take another step. Okay, we want you to take a step and begin to give consistently to the church. Maybe pick a percentage or a set amount that you give every week or every month. And what we encourage you to do is, uh, like the way that we have giving set up in, in our church is pretty, it's easy to give if you want to give. It's so easy. You can give by text. You can hop online and give on the website. You can give off your phones. You can write a check, whatever. It's so easy. But on our giving platform, if you go online or if you do the text giving, uh, there's this little thing called recurring giving. Okay? And you can set that to give a set amount every week or every month automatically so that you don't even have to think about it. I don't know about you. But sometimes, you know, when you don't show up to church, you're like, oh, snap, I wasn't at church, I forgot to give, and then you just forget. And then, you know, you don't want to fall into that. So if you, if you can set that up, that's a good safety net to help you consistently stay up with your giving. Um, and you can pick whatever that is, 3% or 5%, when I say 5% of your income. So maybe you're not ready to give a full tithe yet because you've got some stuff to work with your budget to get that in line so you've got funds available because sometimes we can overcommit our finances when we think our finances belong to us and not Jesus. So we might need to tweak some stuff. So just start with something. Pick it and be consistent. Now listen, there's some of us in here that have been enjoying great ministry with no investment. And it's time for you to take a step and begin to invest so that you can make a pathway and create a seat for someone else to come in and enjoy ministry like you've been so far. Okay? So I want to encourage you to take that next step. Maybe you've been giving a consistent amount, but you haven't really been tithing the full 10%, because a lot of us sometimes we know that, but actually doing that is a different thing. I want to encourage you to take a step today and say, for this year, I am a tither. I am going to tithe. That 10% is the Lord's. Like when Kelly and I give, we treat it as something that's sacred. That first, that, that, that that we give, we don't touch it. It just goes automatically. Before we even think about groceries, before we think about bills, before we think about whatever, it's that money is God's. It's not ours. And I'll tell you what, it's crazy to see how God always provides everything that we need without fail, without fail. Um, 
And here's a step that I want to challenge some of you to take today also in this. And I know you've been praying over this, some of you for the last several weeks, some of you for the last week. If you're already a tither, I want you to consider the fact that the tithe is just the beginning of generosity in the Word of God. It's just the beginning of generosity. You, know, you can give with alms, special offerings, sacrificially and all of that, but there's nowhere in the Bible that says that you cannot live in generosity beyond the tithe. In fact, when you look at the New Testament church, you see a church that just has gone way past the tithe and their mindset and their generosity. These people were selling property and bringing it in and laying it down to further the gospel. They were giving to take care of each other's needs above and beyond what was expected. You know, read the book of Acts. It's amazing to see that. It's funny, the closer you get to God, the more you see things as tools instead of personal property. Um, so maybe this year the step that you need to take is to take the step beyond the tithe. You give, instead of 10%, maybe 11 or 12 or 13 or 15 or whatever the Lord lays on your heart. Now, I want you to hear me. Okay, This is how we roll at this church. I'm not a salesperson. And I'm not trying to talk you into anything. What we do here is we say, listen to God and do what He says. But what I felt the Lord laying on my heart for this year is to see us take huge steps in our growth and generosity as a church. Not so we can pad the bottom line of the church, but to unlock a level of blessing in your life and in your relationship with God that you're not walking in or that I haven't been walking in personally myself up until now. Well, Pastor, it's one thing for you to challenge us to give and to do all of this stuff. What are you doing? Here's what I'm doing. I'll just tell you straight up. This is what I believe. I believe that if you lead anything, you should lead from the front. And that you don't ask anyone to do something that you're not willing to do. You just don't do it. I think it's hypocritical for a pastor to stand up and challenge people to give, to take a step, if that pastor does not take a step himself or herself. I think it's hypocritical of a leader of any capacity in a church to say, let's take a step, and then them not take that step. Amen? I mean, really, this is the church of Jesus Christ. This is not Washington, D.C. You know what I mean? So we're not going to ask people to live at a standard that we don't live at. Um, so I've challenged you know, the board. I've challenged the staff to all take steps. I've challenged the leaders to take steps. And Kelly and I have been praying, and we felt like the Lord spoke to us. I went to her first, and I said, I feel like the Lord's laying on my heart that we should be giving this percentage and not what we've been giving because for us to tithe, there's no big deal. I mean, I, I've been tithing since I could chew bubble gum and walk. Pretty much. Um, sometimes I can't do that, though, if I haven't had coffee today. To be careful. But so I went to Kelly and I talked to her, and she said, yeah, that's exactly what I feel like God laid on my heart. I'm like, are you serious? She goes, yeah. I said, okay, well, we decided we wanted to begin giving. Now, this is us. This is us. I'm not trying to pressure anybody. I'm just being honest and telling you what we're doing. We're going to begin giving 20% of everything that comes in back to the Lord. So we're going from where we were giving to giving 20%. Why? Because we felt like God was laying that on our hearts. Okay? Not because I thought it would be cool to stand up and say 20% to motivate people. Right? you got to know me. I don't roll that way. Because we felt like God was leading. And this is what's cool. That number scares me to death. Okay? 
How many of you could say you could live right now with just taking 20% out of your budget, out of your income, and laying it back? That would make a huge impact. It's going to make a huge impact. But what's cool, what reassured me was that the Lord put that on our hearts. And I'm just going to talk you through what I went through. I said, Lord, this is a big number. This is scary. But I trust you. I've always trusted you. And I'm always going to step out into what you're calling me into. But Kelly and I are doing this, and this is what I know, that if it's a number that we put down on a piece of paper because we thought it would be good, then it's on us to try to make that happen. But if we listen to God and we do what He says, now the responsibility is His to make it happen. We're only responsible for being obedient. And he'll take care of the rest of it. And that's the heart that I want you to have in this. As we go forward into this year, I don't expect us to have $200,000 come in between this Sunday and next Sunday. It's not what I'm saying. But what I want is for us to begin a journey today in going all in with our generosity for Jesus. With everything else, going all in in our evangelism, discipleship, and worship, we go all in with our generosity. Why? Because this is going to translate into life transformation, not just in us, but in other people. So as we grow into what God is leading us into, I want to encourage you to listen to what the Lord is laying on your heart to begin to give in this new season. Whether it's just to begin to give or to give consistently, or to begin to tithe or to go above and beyond that. Listen to the Lord and do what he says. Can we do that as a church? Can we do that as a church? We're not taking pledges. We're not giving towards a big goal or anything like that. We're just saying, you know what? Everything we have belongs to the Lord, so we're going to listen to him. And Eastgate Church is going to be a church that's known as a generous church. It's a generous church. I can't wait till we've got a million dollars a year just to help single moms in the area. How awesome would that be? How money changes lives. It impacts people. You think Jesus did the ministry he did and didn't have money? Judas had a job. Judas had a job and it was keeping up with the money that they had. So this is the step that we're taking today. So I want you to get that card. I want you to think about steps you're going to take. I'm going to pray over you. And hopefully you've already prayed about this and this is something that's automatic. So what I want you to do is fill out this card. If you're comfortable, if not, then don't put your name on it if you want it to be anonymous. But what I want you to do is mark down the step that you're taking there at the bottom. Let's mark down the step. And what we're fixing to do is have a moment where we all come up and we're going to lay down those cards right here at the altar. Okay? We're all going to do it. Well, Pastor Josh, I'm not participating. Well, I hope you change your mind and let the Lord speak to you. But I still want you to come up because we're all going to come up one at a time and lay these things down. So I'm going to take a moment and pray while you guys are filling that out. If you haven't done it yet, Lord, speak to us in this moment if you haven't already. Lord, lead us to take the next step that you're leading us to take. Don't let us put down a number that sounds good to us. Let us listen to you because when we listen to you, then we can trust that you will provide. Everything we've got is yours, Father. So in this moment, we're doing more than just writing down a commitment on a card. Lord, we're starting a process of 
new faith as we take a, a new step in trusting you to provide for the areas of ministry, to provide for us as individuals. We're making a statement to you saying, Lord, we trust you, period. We trust you regardless. Speak to us, Lord, so that we can be people that are growing in generosity, so that we can be people that are growing in our trust in you, so that we can be a church that is generous. I thank you for this church. We're already a generous church. We're just taking the next step. We're taking the next step to reach people. We're taking the next step today, Lord, to be obedient to you. And we give you glory and we give you praise, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Usually we go right to left when we do this, but we're going to go my left, so it'll be your right in coming forward and laying these things down. So I'm going to ask us one section, row, one row at a time to come up, lay down your card, and then go back to your seat. And once this row is done, this section come, this section come, this section come, and we'll do that this morning. Can we do that? Everyone stand if you can. And don't think I haven't realized that we haven't taken up an offering yet today. We still got to do all that. So I'm going to ask this section over here. Come on up. You guys can come on. They're moving slow, so y'all can beat them to the we'll lay it all right here. Y'all know the drill. And if you're watching online, hey, uh, don't want you to feel like you can't participate in this. I want to challenge you not to disengage. Stay with us. Take a step today. Maybe you've been watching this live stream for a while and you've been receiving the ministry and now the time for you to begin to sow back in so other people can be reached like you were reached. It's all about taking steps today. Hasn't today been an awesome day in the presence of God? It's been amazing. Some pastors that live by a piece of paper that tells them what a service is supposed to do would be freaking out right now. Services run longer than normal. Well, it's because God had something he wanted to do. And he's the boss, not us. He's the boss. Make sure everyone's had an opportunity to come on up. I know some of you are given to represent households and all of that. If you're a guest here today, if you feel like you want to respond to this, that's awesome. But we understand you're a guest, so I'd encourage you to hang out for a few more services and find out if Eastgate Church is what you want to call home. We'd love to have you here, though, because we're a church on the move wanting to do stuff for the kingdom of God. Ushers, if you will, please come to the front. We're going to give and receive the Lord's tithes and offerings here at the end of service. Can we give God praise for that? Again, um, you guys that are regulars here, you kind of know the drill. You can give uh, giving envelopes in the seat in front of you. You can give cash or check here. Um, make them out to Eastgate Church. You can also give online by going to eastgatechurch.cc. You guys watching online, I'd encourage you, go over to eastgatechurch.cc. Click the giving link and... Uh, quickly give. You can also just give straight off your phone. You can text the keyword Eastgate GA to the number 77977. 
you'll get a response text and just follow the prompts and you can easily give that way as well. The big thing is give what the Lord lays on your heart. Amen? When we give out of obedience, that was, uh, pleases the heart of the Lord. It's not the amount, it's the obedience that makes the difference. Let me pray over you. Father, thank you so much for what you've done today, for what you're doing in our church. Lord, for these next steps that we're taking. Lord, for this snowball of generosity that you're starting today, Lord. It's going to continue to impact lives as this year goes on as we move forward into the vision you're calling us to, Lord. Let everything that's given today, Lord, further that vision. Let this church not lack in anything. And, Lord, I pray that you bless everyone in accordance to the obedience which they've given today, Father. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you as you give this morning. Once you've had a chance to give... Go ahead and stand to your feet. Take a big stretch here. What a fun day. What a fun day. Hey, if you're a member, we still have more fun today. We still have more fun. Today's the day of our annual business meeting. So what's going to happen is I'm going to dismiss this, and you're going to see people get busy almost immediately. They're going to begin to bring in tables and set things up so that we can serve food. To everyone, snacks, those that will be staying for the business meeting. Um, if you're a member, you're more than encouraged. You're almost required to stay for this thing. If you're a guest or someone who's not a member, you're more than welcome to stay and audit the meeting and just get a feel for what our church is all about and what's going on. Um, you're more than welcome to do that. You're not committing to anything if you want to do that. But we'll have uh, refreshments and all of that so that we're not starving but it'll be the fastest business meeting you've ever been a part of. We'll handle the business. As long as there's, as long as there's not a lot of questions, we'll see how it goes. Um, but let me pray over you and dismiss. And uh, if you would, just keep an eye out for people that may be moving tables and things around so that you don't get taken out. And we have to pray for God to heal you uh, before you leave. All right. Lord, thank you so much for this awesome day. Lord, thank you in advance for a great business meeting. Lord, I thank you for this heart that you've given the people of our church, this heart of generosity, for this heart to see people impacted and changed, Lord, that this is just the beginning and the best really is yet to come. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, and amen. God bless you. We love you. We will see you at Women of Valor tomorrow night. First Wednesday, this Wednesday, and we'll see you next Sunday. We love you.